The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I don't know if you've been noticing, but I have, that vaccinations are in the news more and more, whether it's about the H1N1 or HPV or autism and vaccines, or uh, just this week in California there was a, a story about a little boy who was homeschooled and therefore was not obligated to get the usual immunizations before starting school, and so he came down with measles, and now there's this whole tizzy about, you know, what to do about kids who are homeschooled and who escape getting immunized. Well, do, vaccina do vaccinations make us sick? That is the question, and there's all of this controversy. Actually, the reason why what, what originally spurred me to call today's guest, who is an expert on this, Dr. Mayer Eisenstein, um, is because of the story that I heard recently about a British medical journal who decided years later to rescind or uh, say that they were only kidding or something about an article that they published uh, linking autism to vaccines. And that smelled to high heaven of politics. And so I thought it would be really interesting to get someone who knows about this stuff, what goes on behind the scenes, uh, to talk about it. That, autism and, and uh, vaccines and all these other issues that seem to be really coming to the fore, especially this past year as our country has been um, exhorting us. You know, there are these cute little rhymes that they put uh, on in, in the news, at least in the news station that I listen to here in L.A., um, about getting your vaccination, trying to remind you to get vaccinated. Because, of course, uh, the more people that get vaccinated against swine flu, uh, the less of a public health problem it is. Well, that may be true for uh, the public in general, but um, what about the individual? What are we trading when we decide to get that vaccine? Well, these are all the questions, or some of the questions, and now let's go to our expert, Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. He is Stein. He is not only a physician, an MD, but he is also a JD, an attorney, and also has a master's in public health, and um, is also uh, an overachiever. 
Welcome to the show. Oh, Dr. Lieberman, now I'm nervous being on your couch. <laughs> yes, I put all my guests on my couch. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you know, Dr. Lieberman, this is a perfect time to talk about vaccines because it's the holiday of Passover, and that's what I recommend to everyone, pass over all the vaccines. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, the Jews in Egypt realize there are a lot of dangerous things, you know, and we have to realize this, too. You know what fascinates me more than anything else? Um, I, I, first of all, I, I don't have any behind-the-scenes information, I can tell you that, except I have enough paranoia to believe uh, that if the government recommends it, it's most probably not good. Uh, you know, and, and, We're on and, the same team with that. Yeah, and, and so um, uh, why did more than 80% of the public in America and, the, and around the world reject the swine flu vaccine. I find that incredible. The governments here and abroad spend billions of dollars not only on this fraudulent vaccine, uh, but also trying to scare people that there will, people will be dying in the streets and there'll be body bags, and they never give up because now they talk about a third wave and a fourth wave. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and, and I, why did, do you, I'm, I'm going to ask you, because you know, I ask every single reporter and every doctor who I come in contact, why did the public reject this? You know, uh, how is it possible, you know, uh, that they had so much brilliance uh, to know that this was all uh, a sham? Well, that's very interesting. I didn't know that the figure was over 80%. That is mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing, you know, I mean, uh, uh, and, you know, and the only reason that 20% is because they scared the life out of uh, uh, parents with young children and, and pregnant women, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean it, it, it was one of the most egregious uh, uh, misuse of public funds and you know and I pray that this leads to what we're going to talk about the majority of the hour uh, how the public now has to realize that the whole vaccine program has been a 100 percent sham and all it's done is made money for the pharmaceutical industry and used for politicians as politics that they care about children you know, um, I mean, I'm very worried with Obamacare because, you know, I, I guarantee you that he's going to try to de-license any doctor who doesn't adhere to the stupid vaccine program. Well, actually, last week's program was on Obamacare, and, and yes, I, I, I mean, there are many things that, uh, there are very scary things about that. But let's, um, I know, because doctors in general, whether it's vaccines or other things, are under much more governmental rule and I have, a, I have a plan B. I think I'm going to, instead of calling myself a psychiatrist, I'm going to call myself a life coach. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Well, it's, but you are. That's what you are. You know, uh, um, um, you know it, it goes back a long time. Where does Mayor Eisen? I'm not the most brilliant doctor. I mean, uh, but I've been very blessed to have had some great, great uh, professors. Uh, in 1970, let's see, 1969, I met Dr. Robert Mendelson. Uh, he was, um, I was a third-year medical student at the time, so that's got to be known 1960, I graduated in uh, uh, 70, yes, right, 69, <laughs> and he was the former uh, national medical director of Head Start, and he got fired. Now, I, I didn't know that when I heard about him teaching the class. I just heard that this was an outstanding professor in pediatrics, you know, uh, and, um, and um, I, I took his class, and, well, it was an instant... Uh, uh, bond between a professor who was just beyond brilliant and really cared not only about his patients but about his um, about his students. He gave grades out 
Dr. Lieberman on the first day of class. Hmm. And he asked you what grade you wanted, and that's the grade he wrote down. And he says, now that we have grades out of the way, you don't have to show up if you don't want to. I have to now give you something, a, a reason to show up to the class. Well, I guarantee huh. you, no one missed the class because it was so phenomenal. He was fired because, um, uh, uh, and this will tie to the whole vaccine story, he was fired because um, uh, he, made, he testified in front of Congress that when the Westinghouse study came out, and this was a big study, 67, 68, I can't remember exactly the year, and uh, I know this all after the fact, not before the fact. Uh, the Westinghouse study said that all the gains of all the children in Head Start were lost the minute they entered the regular school system. Hmm. So he went and testified in front of Congress saying that Head Start should go through not only grammar school, through high school, you know, um, and he got fired the next day. Hmm. And uh, he got fired because uh, they took him to the back room and says, do you think we didn't know that? Huh. I mean, now that's, that, he said it was the scariest day of his life ever because um, here he thought that uh, Head Start was a good program, it's going to help people. He, he realized it was, it was all uh, image with, without hmm. substance. Wow. Well, being the head of, he, so essentially he was the head pediatric, pediatrician in the country uh, um, under the Head Start program. He had millions of children under his care. He had like two or three hundred pediatricians and hundreds of nurse, wasn't nurse practitioners, but nurses, you know. Uh, and by 1973, uh, he came to realize, because he still was part of the Head Start program, he was a contract here in Illinois, that every vaccine causes neurological damage. That was a statement in 1973. Now I was very blessed because our children were just starting to be born. We have six children and ten grandchildren. And so you, you know the history of my children. Uh, um, my wife absolutely said, Mayor, this is the most brilliant person we've ever had. You know, and if he says every vaccine causes brain damage, clearly we're not going to vaccinate our children. You know, um, and, and so I, I knew this. Uh, this we're talking about now almost 40 years ago. And boy, does he turn out to be right. Because in 1973, when I, I started practice in 73, we, we, autism was approximately 1 in 10,000. Uh, autism were cases like uh, Dr. Um, um, oh, I can't think of her name. She's a, um, a research scientist in veterinary uh, uh, medicine, um, uh, Temple Grandin. There was a great HBO special about her, and she had what's classically true autism, the one that you saw one in about 10,000 back in the early 70s. She was just wired a little bit different. She saw things a little bit differently. That's not what the children have. We have over 1 million children now that have brain damage. They don't have autism. They have brain damage from vaccines. You know, and, and how, now how do I know that? Because I know that thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of parents can't all be wrong when they tell you their child went to the pediatrician, got five or six vaccines in one day, and that was the last day they, they had any contact with the reality. These children hmm. went into their own world. I mean, I, I speak at 15 or 20 different autism conferences, and mainly my job there is to, to explain to them why they should not vaccinate their children, you know, uh, and I'm preaching to the choir. Now, is it possible that I'm preaching to every choir around the country. You know, it seems the only people who don't know this are the pediatricians and the family practice doctors. Uh, and, and Amy Carson, a dear friend, the founder of Moms Against Mercury, and mercury is only a small part of the issue. There's aluminum. There's the, the viruses themselves. You know, um, and, and she said that there's no such thing as autism. There's 
true classical autism, one in 10,000, and then there's brain damage uh, that children got, a neurological damage from vaccines. Now, I have a little bit of other proof. Um, uh, we have more than now close to 40,000 children that have never been vaccinated in our practice. We have virtually zero autism. When I say virtually uh, because I don't have the, the records on every child that's stayed with, I mean, children moved to California. But I've made the statement now for more than three years, and I have not gotten one, and boy, I've gotten a lot of hate emails, and a lot of people, you know, say that he makes up his numbers, you know, uh, I've yet to get one uh, letter from a parent saying, Dr. Eisenstein, I did not vaccinate, and my child has autism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now, um... I know this is the way it is in California, and I, I think, is, is it not the way all through, uh, during, in all the states that if you want to send your child to public school that you have to vaccinate them with certain vaccinations? No, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not true, see, because they, they try to make you believe that. Uh, California is one of the 18 states that allows for a, a philosophical exemption. I'll explain that in a minute. And 48 of the states allow for a religious exemption. Ironically, Mississippi and West Virginia don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in the First Amendment. Obviously, our president must go along with those two states. I mean, I mean um, and, and I hate to get politics in there, but I just can't handle what's going on. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, as an attorney, I'm more appalled than as a doctor, you know, that, that, that a president should have the nerve in the State of the Union address to make a derogatory statement against the uh, Supreme Court, now, especially when he's wrong. He doesn't even know what he's mm -hmm. talking about. But, you know, the, in, in 48 states, and California is one of them, um, you are allowed by law to claim a religious exemption. There's two prongs to a religious exemption. Uh, one is if you are a um, Amish or if you're a um, Christian scientist, uh, all you have to do is say, I'm a Christian scientist, and you're allowed to not uh, partake in vaccines. They don't, they don't believe in, in, um, in allopathic uh, medical care. And, um, but, but New York had a... a, a wait, 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 I need to stop you there because sure. the music is going. Oh, okay. means that we need to stop. But we will continue with... Uh, I think this is important for people to know about these exemptions. Uh, because, yes, they do kind of hide that possibility um, of, of getting that. My guest is Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. He is the author of Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate, as well as other medical books. And uh, he is the senior partner of um, Home First Medical Services. So he also has a huge clinical population to draw these conclusions from. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll be back with more information about vaccines and uh, more what I call behind-the-scenes revelations. Uh, you're listening, as I said, to Dr. Carol Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show Radio by George. That's every Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. He is the author of Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate. He's a physician, an attorney, and a, has a master's in public health. We were talking about um, all different kinds of vaccinations and the pros and cons and whether they make you sicker than the diseases that they're supposed to be preventing. Um, we were, you, were, you were in the middle of talking about the two exemptions that some states allow uh, as far as when you send children to school and want to get them out of having to get all the immunizations, immunizations that the schools ask for. So well, let me go back. There's actually three 
but I don't even bother the third one. That's a medical exemption because uh, every state has adopted, even if your doctor writes a letter saying these vaccines are contraindicated, the school has a right to send you to another doctor, and I guarantee you they're not going to send you to mm. Mayor Eisenstein. You know, and so forget about the medical exemption. But, but let, let's go to the 18 states, including California, have a philosophical objection. That means you can just write on a piece of paper, don't need any type of doctor, lawyer, rabbi, minister, priest, and say, I don't believe in vaccines. That is my personal belief. I don't believe in vaccines. Uh, now, that, that's California has that right now. Texas has it, uh, Michigan. There's a, a spattering of states that has that. They're one by one, they're going by the wayside. They're trying to eliminate that, uh, uh, that uh, objection. But there's a third objection. That's the most powerful one, and that is the constitutional right uh, to, to freedom of religion. And about 20 years ago, approximately, uh, the state of New York, in a very famous decision, the Wexler decision, you know, uh, uh, stated that, that you, there's two prongs to the religious um, objection. One, if you're a member of an organized, recognized religion that doesn't believe in vaccines, such as Amish and Christian Science, and there may be other ones that I'm missing, you know. And, but the second part really applies to more people, and that is it could be there's two very important words. In law, they, they pick words and they put their own meanings to them, but words are very picky in law. Um, personal and specific religious belief, which means you could be Catholic, you could be uh, Jewish, um, uh, you could be Christian, you know, uh, Protestant, and even though your church or your synagogue does not, it has no objection to vaccines, you can object on a personal belief, and it's got to be a personal, specific religious belief. And, 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 and it's very... Um, the specific belief can be is that uh, you can't say vaccines are dangerous, therefore I don't believe in it, because that now becomes a medical exemption and requires the doctor to say that. But you could say, I don't believe God intended me to, uh, um, to get vaccines. And, you know, mm. Uh, mm. There, there's, it, it's, there's a lot of websites that give you some language, you know, but, and you write it up yourself, you know. And uh, now I don't, even though in California, Dr. Lieber, where you're at, you can give a, a um, philosophical objection, I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. The reason is because let's say you move to Illinois. Now, I can't imagine why anyone from Los <laughs> Angeles would move to Illinois, but, you know, uh, but it does happen occasionally. Um, uh, now you're stuck because Illinois doesn't recognize the philosophical obse objection. Mm. And now you're going to have to say, well, I also don't have a religious, mm -hmm. I also have a religious uh, belief. And so I tell people that even if you're in a state that recognizes a philosophical objection, when you're going to hand in your paper to the school, you're going to give them a religious objection. Okay, well let's talk more about like what um, proof there is that these vaccines, I mean, we, we were talking, let's continue talking about autism for right now. Um, well, let's go back to how I started with this, this story about the British Journal uh, all of a sudden years later saying that, oops, we published a story that really wasn't accurate, um, vaccines don't cause autism. Well, you know, this goes back to the work of Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who happens to be a personal friend of mine. I've known Dr. Andy for, oh, my God, five, six years. And um, uh, the, uh, the thing that's most ironic is that uh, he never even made the statement in his original paper, which is, I think, 96 or 97, that vaccines cause autism. He said he had a small case study of 12 people where he found measles virus uh, in their intestine, um, 
and circulating their blood of autistic children uh, long after they had the measles. Hmm. And so he said this may point in a direction that there's something in the measles mumps rubella vaccine that causes autism. And um, uh, th th he was a real thorn because uh, people start looking into all other different reasons. Is it the mercury? Is it the aluminum? And there's no mercury. It happens to be in the MMR vaccine. The mercury is only in the uh, multivial vaccines. And so, um, uh, and, um, and, and they, they questioned some of his methods of gathering the data. No one ever questioned that it was right or wrong. They said the way he collected the data was unethical. And he was a little bit of a naive scientist who didn't realize you've got to document everything. Uh, he had consent forms and everything, but he went to a birthday party for one of his children and got um, permission to draw blood on uh, children who were there. And, and that was his control group. Um, and they, to show that in the average child, um, there is no measles, mumps, or rubella uh, mm. virus or so in, in their intestine or in their blood. And, and so they, the news, the media picked it up wrong because the media picked it up as that, that he was the doctor saying there was a connection between, and it, it said that it was disproven, that was, you know, that the theory was disproven, you know. Uh, and, um, uh, I, the, well, the Lancet is just a tabloid because did they re, did they retract any of the articles about Vioxx, which has been direct? That's the painkiller given to millions and millions of people unnecessarily, uh, leading to uh, uh, heart attacks and strokes. Why did they retract all the papers when they found out it was all made up? The data from uh, 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 from uh, Merck uh, on Vioxx was made up, or the data for uh, Zedia, That's the uh, combination of um, cholesterol-lowering drug, uh, Lipitor, and I, I'm now, uh, um, can't remember what the second ingredient is, they found that they fudged all their data. All the data was fudged to show that it worked, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, it's, there's no big money behind not giving vaccines, but there's trillions of dollars in giving vaccines. Until we get all the special interests out, there will be no true science. Okay, but now that um, there are all of these children with, you know, so-called autism, um, there obviously that's costing a lot of money to take care of the, these children. Well, let me tell you something. But the pharmaceutical lobby, which gave our wonderful president $80 billion uh, for Obamacare, and in exchange they got two of the greatest deals you've ever seen. God almighty, I wish I had $80, 80 billion for my business, you know, that he would give me back $2 trillion. And that is no drugs are allowed to be imported from outside America for, for either uh, um, hospital use or for individual patient use. Now, I want you to know the drugs that are imported from Canada are the same drugs that here they just cost a half or a third of the price, you know. Mm. Uh, so if you want to buy thyroid, if you go to Canada, you could buy it for about two or three cents a pill. If you want to buy it here, it's going to cost you 30 or 40 cents a pill. Same, same one, same, 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 uh, same drug, you know. Uh, and that was part of it. And the second one, with 30 more uh, million people being insured, uh, they're not going to be healthier. They're just going to be, uh, uh, in fact, they're not even have any more access to health care. They always had access to health care. I've delivered babies at home for over 30 years. I've yet to have one person came to me and said, I have to have my baby at home because I don't have insurance. Hmm. Um, in fact, of the 4 million births this year, I'd like to see the thousands and thousands of people who don't have insurance who have their babies at home. doesn't exist, you know. Uh, and, and so um, 
the second part was that they would they would lock in the prices at today's ridiculously overinflated pharmaceutical prices, and add that to the 30 million people who are being added to the uh, mm. to the insured uh, payrolls, and uh, they estimate it'll bring it back about two trillion dollars over the next 10 years. Okay, but what I'm saying though is. Um I mean, I guess it's a, di- a matter of a different payer. This way, if people keep getting vaccines, then the pharmaceutical companies keep getting money. Um, whereas if there are children who become diagnosed as autistic because of the uh, properties of the vaccine, then it is what? The state or the federal government who pays for some of their care. Well, let me tell you something. These children have uh, bowel issues. They have, uh, they've got... There, many of them are eight or, an eight or ten different pharmaceuticals. It's more than just that. Look at the increase in I all see. the chronic illnesses in our society. You know, it is, it, is it possible that the obesity epidemic is partially related to the vaccine program? I don't know. Um, is it possible to the uh, high fructose corn syrup also owned by the pharmaceutical industry? I don't know. Or now the crystalline fructose or the aspartame, you know, uh, all owned by the pharmaceutical industry. It's all the same. All I know is our country is getting sicker and sicker, and we're on more pharmaceuticals and more pharmaceuticals, yes. and everything they're doing is to make us sicker. And vaccines are the beginning of making someone sick. I mean, w- Dr. Lieberman, what is the rationale for giving a one-day-old baby a hepatitis B vaccine? Hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease. Unless you have sexual predators sexually molesting our one-day-old babies, give me one justification for it. Yes, I know. It, it doesn't make uh, sense intuitively to it, it, be putting it, it, all it, of these... It makes no sense if your goal... Uh, is to do the right thing. But if your goal is to indoctrinate parents from day one, now you've got the right thing to do. From day one, the state owns you. They inject your children. You know, uh, it's frightening. I mean, see, I, I, I loved law school. I, I didn't especially like medical school until I met Dr. Mendelson. But I don't like practicing law, which I really don't for all practical. I love, I, I feel the privilege of practicing medicine, you know. And, but there, I learned a lot in law school. And the one thing I learned was when a uh, judge instructs the jury before they deliberate, uh, uh, I see the eye. I will explain that right afterwards what it means. Okay. <laughs> you got the hint. We do need to take a break. My guest is Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. He is the author of Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. 
What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. Stein, I keep doing that, I'm sorry. Yes, no problem. <laughs> um, like Einstein, <laughs> Eisenstein. Don't vaccinate before you educate is his book. Obviously, this is a topic he's very well versed on and very passionate about. Um, and, you know, <laughs> vaccines are coming out of our ears. Um, so this is, uh, you know, this topic is, is more and more important. Before the break, you were starting to give um, a comparison to judges who give jury instructions. Right. What the judge gives, one of the instructions the judge gives the jury, if any one of the witnesses that you heard oh, during this trial lied about any one thing, you have a right to assume they're lying about everything. And that's kind of important because it's called falsus in uno, falsus in omnibus. False in one thing, false in, um, in uh, other things. It, it's kind of like um, when, um, when your children do something or so and, and you catch them telling you a little bit of a story, it's likely they told other stories also. But when we go back here now, and we talked a little bit about the hepatitis B vaccine, you know, uh, which is given to one-day-old babies, what's the argument? There is no argument, you know, which means they've lied to us that it's necessary then. You know, the swine flu vaccine, clearly they lied to us, either purposefully or unpurposely. It doesn't make a difference. It was a lie, you know. Well, what about there's a report out today that talks about how states in the southeast, like Georgia especially, there are more, there's, there's this new wave of, of um, uh, swine flu uh, in states in that area, particularly Georgia, and they attribute it to the fact that there were fewer people who got 
uh, the vaccine in those states? Well, you know, this is called BS in, BS out. You know, uh, <laughs> as, as a statistician, that was my undergraduate degree. I'd love to look at the data there because um, uh, the, the one thing that happened is as of August 1st, 2009, they stopped even testing anyone for swine flu. So we don't even know anything because they realized already they were so wrong, the last thing they needed. And so I wonder how the count kept going up. 20,000 people, 30,000 people died. You know, they, they weren't even testing for it, you know. Uh, uh, the there is a problem that it's very interesting because if you talk about swine flu or any flu uh, the uh, the death rate from flu and pneumonia has been increasing for the last 20 years and and there's a very good chart put out by the Center for Disease Control I use it in any one of my presentations and anyone who wants a copy I could send them the link to it and what it shows was in the last 20 years the percentage of people in this country receiving the flex flu vaccine has gone from like 30 percent to about 70 percent and the death rate during that same period of time from flu and pneumonia because most people die don't die from flu they actually die from pneumonia it goes exactly up at the same rate hmm. now, now there's one thing you have to be careful and that uh, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation right. but when they looked at that the center for disease control used every excuse except Maybe the vaccine is causing people to die. We have an aging population. Maybe the strains are getting stronger. But not one CDC official even remotely said it, that it was the flu vaccine. Well, I'll tell you why. If I worked for the CDC and I made thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year, I want to win the lottery, and that's working for Merck uh, or, or Pfizer or Eli Lilly. Those, those places pay two, three, four hundred thousand dollars um, and where do they pick their people from the FDA, from the CDC? I mean, I have begged to get legislation in Illinois and around the country that if you work for a governmental agency that's involved with food or vaccines or anything that's tied to other industries, for 10 years after you leave the agency, mm. you cannot take a job with one of these industries. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, that's the only thing that makes sense. So if you want to be a public servant, I commend you. But you can't be a public servant as a stepping stone yes. into a, the food industry or the pharmaceutical industry. Well, could you explain what, uh, I mean, you mentioned mercury, and do we know what it is in the vaccines? Well, I go back to what Dr. Mendelson said in 1973. All vaccines cause neurological damage. But how did he know that? Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> The man was brilliant. <laughs> okay, but well, I mean, are there, are there, I guess the better question is, are there studies that have determined what it was in the vaccine or that vaccines... Well, let me tell you, who has the money to do these studies except the pharmaceutical industry? I mean, you're talking about enormous... I'll, here, I'll give you, it started off in the 70s when I was in practice, and... Um, where the diseases were ADD, ADHD, and, and they started growing. And, and as adults were given more vaccines, it became an adult disease also. Yes. And then all of a sudden they went to Asperger's and then to uh, increase in uh, autism. You know, uh, and there's no doubt about it that, sh you know, show me the 30-year-old autistic children. Show them to me. They don't exist for all practicality. They're one in 10,000, you know, because this epidemic started somewhere around the late 1980s where the vaccine schedule was doubled and tripled, where it was not uncommon for a pediatrician to give eight or nine vaccines in one day and then pretend that it wasn't eight or nine vaccines, only two or three. How did they do that? They have now the 
the three-in-one, the measles, mumps, rubella. Then they have five-in-one vaccines. And I explained it to people this way. Um, uh, if you walk into a bar and you order eight shots of tequila and they, they throw it all into one glass, can you walk out and tell the police officer, I'm not drunk, I just had one shot? Mm. And that's what they're, they're, I mean, people, you cannot allow your pediatrician to give eight vaccines in one day. Will it make a difference if you have a different schedule? I don't know. But, you know, um, the bottom line is when, when there's question about something, you abandon everything until you find the answers. You don't continue doing it. Well, and there is, of course, um, this lobby, this growing lobby of parents of autistic children, right, who, exactly. who are right. trying to, I mean, to ask for more research into this. Exactly. And I forget about the research. It's done already. I, it's a very simple study that has to be done, and I've asked the autistic uh, community, but the problem is they got a problem. They're trying not to look radical. They're trying real hard not to look like they're anti-vaccine. But, of course, they are. How could they not be? They have all these hundreds of thousands of children are damaged by vaccines. The study is very simple in my mind. In the day and age of computers, you take all the, uh, the parents who have autistic children, we can, and the, the White House has got all their emails. They've collected them secretly with the CIA. You know, let's take this database. And let's send out a very simple questionnaire. Do you have a child with autism? Yes or no. Vaccinated? Yes or no. Do you have a subsequent child with autism? Yes or no. Vaccinated? Yes or no. In, in the travels around the country talking to different groups, virtually every parent who has an autistic child that I've met does not vaccinate their next child. And there's, I've yet to have one hand go up. Do you have a subsequent child not vaccinated that has autism? And with one in a hundred, many of these meetings have 400, 500, 1,000 parents. We've got a whole lot of children there. Just need, now put all these samples together and you've got something really meaningful. Hmm. Of course, you still need the scientific data to prove the cause rather than just the correlation. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, and, and, and that's what Merck wants. That's what Eli Lilly. They'll, they'll spend 20 years arguing that mercury is safe, and then when it comes out that it's not safe, they'll take it out and they'll put more aluminum in it. <laughs> you know, as long as we don't get to the root cause, that vaccines cause brain damage, and, and, and just, well, it's very simple. Stop the vaccine program for one year and see what happens. Yes, yes. And, and look, that, that's, that's what happened in 1976 with the, with the uh, that, then it was the, um, uh, the flu epidemic. They, they, it was also swine flu uh, strain, and, and they, they said that people would be dying in the streets, and... Um, and they gave free vaccines out, and they stopped the program after two or three weeks because they had 100 people who died shortly after they got the flu vaccine. Today that wouldn't have happened. They would have just buried it, you know. Axelrod and uh, Emmanuel would have said, or he would have buried those people in the backyard before he let their dad out. Well, you know, uh, months ago when it was the height of the swine flu and being in the media and, and uh, uh, people saying that you have to go get a vaccine, um, while this was all really hot and heavy, it's still going on, but it's not quite as hot and heavy. But, uh, yes, there, there are going to be new waves, as you say. Um, still, while this was all going on in the media, I got a letter, as did all the physicians presumably in, in the Los Angeles area, uh, or it might have come from Sacramento. It might have been all of California. Anyway, just to doctors. Um, asking us to report cases of Guillain-Barre, which is a neuromuscular uh, illness that has b been already attributed to certain vaccines. Now, the public wasn't being told anything about the risk that if you get this swine flu and, uh, vaccine, you might be getting various 
side effects or, or bad consequences, including Guillain-Barre, which is essentially a paralysis. Uh, yeah, no, I got that letter also, and I found it interesting. They know it. They know it. Come on, they're not stupid. I mean, uh, 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 it's not the politicians. They're just pawns for the, uh, the uh, big industry. I mean, uh, um, if you think that the vaccine people at Merck, the top people, don't know that this is dangerous, come on, it's a business. It's an absolute business, you know, uh, and, and in the business, your goal is to maximize profits, you know, uh, but there has to be some ethics here, you know. Uh, well, you know, and uh, unfortunately, we've got now a cover of a government that is as unethical as can be, openly unethical, you know. What does that allow for business to be unethical? Yes, I mean, this yes. is like having the wolves uh, guard the um, Hen chicken pens. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you know, you said, you asked the question before, why did 80% of the people reject the swine flu vaccination? And what's your answer to that? Um, I, th I think it just came along the same time of realizing that we made a mistake by electing uh, this left-wing government. We somehow thought that there would be some change and there was a great dis discontent with uh, President Bush, right or wrong. Uh, uh, um, yes, and so it's the mistrust of the, mistrust of the president and, and on down. Yes, when, when they start making these radical statements, you know that um, uh, we're going to order ninety thousand body bags, and um, uh, you know, and and then even more interesting. I, I don't wait, wait, save the more interesting for after the break. <laughs> when we come back, he has an even more interesting point. <laughs> we're listening to uh, Dr. Mayor Eisenstein. He is an expert in vaccines, and his book is called Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate. When we come back, we'll talk more about vaccines and whether they're making you sick. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carroll wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarroll.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarroll.com If you're a parent, you face all kinds of challenges. You know you're a good parent, but we have a show that may help you become a better one. It's called The Book of Dad Radio Show. Hosted by expert husband and wife team Robert and Ulette Benson. This program will answer your questions about a variety of topics that parents need to stay on top of. It's a roundtable of discussion that's great for the weekend or anytime. Tune in to the Book of Dad radio show every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a wow? A wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work 
vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Dr. Mayer Eisenstein. He is the author of Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate. He also has a new book coming out called Make an Informed uh, Decision for the Health of Your Child. And um, we started talking, I was asking him during the break to talk a little bit about the HPV vaccine because there are all these uh, television commercials um, you know, you'd think that they were selling I don't, soap, you know, um, to, to get people to vaccinate their daughters before a certain age. And, of course, and I just read something today about how uh, more people should be vaccinated because of the increase in head and neck cancers due to oral sex. So now we should be uh, vaccinating even more people at even higher ages, according to them. So tell us about the HPV vaccine. Is that dangerous? Oh my God! Let me tell you something. But I'm gonna, I, I, if anyone has a chance tomorrow night, um, uh, Leslie Botha is a radio host and a journalist, and she and six other women collected data from all around the world as to the amount of girls who were who died or were injured by the HPV vaccine. That's the human papilloma virus vaccine. Uh, Gardasil is one of them, uh, and and. It's, the CDC dubbed them as seven little women, as a real derogatory slur. But then they admitted that these women, with no budget, collected more data than the Center for Disease Control was able to control with their multi-billion-dollar uh, um, budget using the internet and and records through the internet. And that's me tomorrow night. It's at eight o'clock Central Time. And if you go to HomeFirst.com, H-O-M-E. FIRST.com. You can register. It's complimentary. We run a complimentary uh, webinar, uh, vaccine webinar series. We ran it last year, and lots of the the archives will be available. If you can't make it tomorrow night, the archive will be available uh, shortly after the uh, presentation. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm coming out with a new book. I mean, it's actually finished. It's supposed to be uh, out April 1st or the first week in April. And if you, um, it's called, it, actually I had the wrong title. Oh, sorry. Ma- no, no, I had the wrong title. Make an informed vaccine decision. Ah, <laughs> yes, that job. makes more, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, um, uh, there, what, what we did, we did, with our billion dollar budget, we did all the focus groups, you know, to see what the best title would be, not. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, uh, the, um, uh, hey, let me tell you something. 
That's the study we need. We want these great pollsters who bring these people on TV and they get a group of people and they ask them questions and they, uh, I, that's what we have to do to find out why people didn't take the uh, mm -hmm. swine flu vaccine. You know, but my book's coming out in a week or two. There's going to be a pre-release special. It's going to be about 10 or $12. I try to keep it very, very inexpensive because I think it's going to have thousands and thousands of studies in the last 20 years and it has each vaccine broken down uh, with what it, what it is, what it's for, what it's done and the data that goes along with it and the studies mm. that go along with it. Wow, that's uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of data. You know, my other book, Don't Vaccinate Before You Educate, is more like a talk like I would give like with you right now, Dr. Lieberman, giving a broad overview of, of, uh -huh. of the problems, you know. Uh, um, and um, But uh, Leslie Botha, she's absolutely phenomenal, you know, uh, you know, we had 30 or 40 phenomenal presentations, and I can tell you what's interesting. I was shocked when we started asking around the country for doctors who question vaccines, and we found more than 100 doctors, prestigious doctors in different uh, universities, who were willing to come forward with their work. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's uh, um, so the whole series is there uh, uh, looking at, and so it's not a question just Mayor Eisenstein or one or two rogue doctors. Hmm. We've got Harvard professors, uh, Stanford professors, you know, who, who just aren't buying the whole vaccine theory. Well, that's important because there needs to be more more recognition. Apparently, it's your apparently your message is getting through somehow because I think that's part of why more than eighty percent rejected the swine flu vaccination too. That people are getting more educated about it. Um, but but go back to HPV. What exactly? What are some of the problems that are? Well, are, there, there, it starts from. Let's assume the vaccine is one hundred percent effective. Let's assume it's 100% effective. Would you want your daughter having sex with someone who's got uh, human papillomavirus, who's got a sexually transmitted disease? What message are we sending our children? You know, and you look at these young 9- and 10-year-old children, you know, what are you telling them uh, what, what they're getting? I mean, uh, and it's not that I'm this, this so, so moral person, you know, uh, uh, but it's, it's enough of this left-wing agenda that um, we can cover all the sexual discrepancies with antibiotics, which don't work anymore, uh, with vaccines, you know. I mean, uh, someone's got to tell the truth. I mean, if anyone wants to hear more about this, not conspiracy, but this disgusting way things go on. Read the book, and the band plays on. And I have tremendous amount of uh, of friends who are gay, who ended up with AIDS because they didn't know, and yet the government knew very well the cause of of AIDS, you know, and the spread of AIDS. You know, they they weren't telling anyone. You got to read the book. It's a phenomenal book. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's frightening. You know, which well, means, yes, and there there has been certainly this talk about. Uh, that's another reason why more people didn't get the vaccine, too, that there's been this, these rumors going around, um, even before swine flu, just in regard to the regular flu uh, vaccines, that the government, <laughs> and this does sound like it comes from a science fiction movie, but that the government was putting something in the vaccines that would be somewhat of a marker um, to be able to keep track of people or something like that. I don't know. what did. Well, let me tell you, it's... it's, it's 
read the Obamacare. I mean, no one has. I mean, no bills. Yes. You know, uh, and you've got stuff in there. There's a clause in there that if you don't vaccinate your child, the government can send public health nurses to your house with law enforcement to force them wow. to be vaccinated. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, there's, and, and they're going to say, oh, no, it's not really meant for that. You know, uh, I mean, if you have a left-wing agenda, your goal is to control a population. The way you control a population is by drugs and take away their guns. Give them drugs and take away their guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the way Castro did it. That's the way Chavez did it. Mao, you know, um, or, or even in in um, uh, everywhere. And what do you have there? You've got mass murder. And but, but you know, in this country, we do it a little bit more civil. We we inject them with poison, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so so we don't outrightly put a bullet in their head because that's too too noticeable. But there's something. I mean. W- why, why would you say, Dr. Lieberman, a million autistic children, and no, you, you would think the government would make this a high priority. How are we going to take care of these children? Forget about the 30 million, you know, uh, of which the majority of them are people who have opted not to have insurance. What about the million right now? How are we going to take care of these when they become yes. 25, 30 years old? Yes, absolutely. 30? I mean, these aren't quirky kids. These are very brain-damaged children. I, I'll tell you the saddest thing. I was in uh, Detroit uh, this Saturday at an autism conference. There were over 200 parents there, closer to 300, I think. You know how many children were there? Zero. Hmm. And there's never been a child in any one of these conferences. They are so uh, uh, neurologically damaged, uh-huh. you can't even possibly take them with. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, these aren't quirky kids. These are kids that have been damaged, and I think it's from vaccines. Well, thank you. I'm sorry our time is up. We could have gone on forever. Um, I do want to give out your website again, though. It's homefirst.com. I would recommend that you all go to the website. There are um, lots of free information, free YouTube uh, videos and so on, webinars, all kinds of things. You have your whole choice of of information that is there for you free. Again, uh, Dr. Eisenstein's new book is Make an Informed vaccine decision for the health of your child. <laughs> Perfect, Dr. Lieber. Better than me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and again, that's homefirst.com, and thank you for being my guest. Really scary, but very, very interesting and necessary for us to know, especially as the government is taking more control of our health, or trying to. Um, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.